Let's go. QP Sports Exchange is back on the air. Your host, Vince. And we have a great show for you today. We're going to get into some news and notes around the NBA. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Bleacher Reports, Jonathan Wasserman's uh, 2021 Big Board. We're going to talk about the first 14 picks. This is going to be a heavy ATL show. So, Hotlanta, Jermaine Dupree, Ludacris, you know, 2 chains. You know, I'm feeling y'all, so this is going to be a heavy ATL podcast. We got a couple things on the Wizards. And uh, we got a rookie watch, right? That's what we do. So, the only other thing that I want to talk about is if you listen to both podcasts. If you listen to Football Fridays and B-Ball Mondays, I talked about um, having a network. And, yes, it is up. Everything is well. Um, The pods are up. The archive pods are up. But the one thing that I want to switch out is that I'm going to give you all the social medias. I was so excited uh, last week that the actual Twitter is a little bit different than everything else. But it all falls in line. So, if you want to reach me on Facebook or on IG, it's the same thing. Question Point Pod Network. Okay? On Twitter, it's going to be QPP network qpp network on twitter so it's all tied in it's all ready to go i'm excited i can't wait to engage with you i can't wait to hear what you want for topics i can't wait to hear from you guys to hear what you want as far as um guests or what we want to talk about some teams that we need to spotlight and what have you I'm excited about that whole get down. So, without further ado, it is time to get to the pop. Start off some injury news. Um, it was a hard week for the association. And a couple teams that we're going to really talk about today anyway are the Atlanta Hawks and the Washington Wizards. See, this is not just a Lakers podcast. It's an everybody podcast. So, Atlanta's Bogdan Bogdanovic has a fracture in his kneecap. The 28-year-old, and he just signed the four-year, 72 uh, $72 million contract with the Atlanta Hawks. So, I mean, that's a tough situation, you know. It's always hard. I remember the Gordon Hayward deal in Boston, and that sucked too, you know. Because we never got to see what that was going to fully look like with uh, Hayward and Kyrie. Because that whole trajectory changes with the Tatum, Brown, Kyrie, and a healthy Gordon Hayward. So, 
you know, Atlanta has to reshuffle the decks. But here's the good thing, ATL, is that it's a second opportunity for either Cam Reddish, Kevin Herter, or DeAndre Hunter to establish themselves as the main 3 and D wing starter that the Hawks envisioned them when they drafted them. And also what Atlanta absolutely craves right now. So here's some of the numbers for these dudes so far this year. Okay, so the plus minus for DeAndre Hunter is 6.3 plus. He's shooting at a 42.2 clip on five attempts. So he's he's doing it. He's averaging uh, 16.4 points a game in 32 minutes. So not bad, you know. Um, Kevin Herter, his plus or minus is negative uh, 0.7. So he's, you know, basically, you know, he's not going to hurt you. He's not going to help you. He's shooting 39.3 at the three-point line on 6.2 attempts. But here's the thing. He's the one guy that his three-point uh, percentage over the years has not changed. Over a three-year period, it's been 38, 5, 39 the whole time. Where DeAndre Hunter looks great at 42.2 right now, but he wasn't shooting that last year. It was like 28. So hopefully he got in the lab. And this is more what he's going to be in the NBA. But, you know, time will tell. We got to give these young guys a shot. But they're all going to get that opportunity. So, back to Herter. He's averaging um, 12.2 points a game in 27 minutes. Now, Cam Reddish is the guy. um, The high draft pick. And he is a positive 2.6 plus minus. He is only 29.2% on 5.3 attempts from three. He's averaging 11.6 points a game in 29 minutes. Cam, you got to get your three ball going. All right. The other guys are ahead of you. Herter can't play the defense. You can. Um, And you were supposed to be the better shooter than Hunter. Now, obviously, dudes develop differently, right? So, we are basically going to keep our eyes on those three young wings and see who comes out on top and becomes that starter 3D wing. Does Hunter get it done? Does Herter get it done? Does Reddish get it done? ATL, you know where to find me now, okay? On Twitter, at QPP Network. On Instagram at question point pod network. Okay. So hit me up. Let me know who you think is going to win that job outright with the injury to Bogdan Bajanovic. All right. Now, the other thing that I want to bring your attention to is this I was looking online and um, getting ready for the podcast Um, earlier in the year. If you haven't listened to all the pods, I know I go through this every week, but go to the archives because uh, Coach T and I had a conversation about the G League and how excited we were about the G League. 
And, you know, was this going to give these kids a great opportunity who didn't go to college and just decided to go ahead and go, in a sense, pro, make money and get evaluated in the G League and then go pro next year. Okay, so Bleacher Reports, Jonathan Wasserman came out with his 2021 big board, okay? Now, we're not going to talk about all his whole big board. I just want to talk about the 14 picks, Okay, and it's not even the picks. It's just the top 14 guys. All right. The reason why I want to do this is because I want to bring back to the conversation that I had with Coach T about the guys going to the G League instead of going to college. All right. So here's his big board. Okay, number one, he has Cade Cunningham, the point guard, the six foot eight point guard out of Oklahoma State. I think everybody would say that he is the number one overall prospect right now, okay? I think it's really him and then, you know, a couple other guys, but it's him and then the other guys below him, all right? The second uh, player on Wasserman's big board is Evan Mobley from USC, the center, the seven-footer, the, the freshman. Yeah, he looks super good, Um I haven't caught a lot of his games yet, but what I see in the clips is he's super active, and he's not just a rim-running center. He does have a little outside J, so he looks like he is pretty much ready for the association next year. Number three is Jalen Suggs. We've talked about him out of Gonzaga, the point guard. Um, nothing, Nothing new here. Uh, still looks like a pro, still looks like he will adapt well, and his game does translate to the NBA. Um, the fourth guy is Jonathan Kaminga, and he is one of the G League elite guys. All right, the forward. All right, the next guy on the list is Jalen Green, who's also a G League guy, the shooting guard. So, there's your two G-Leaguers right there, you know. So, top five, you got two of the G-Leaguers in there. So, so far, so good. Got a little mix, you know, college player, G-Leaguer. All right. Now, six is Scotty Barnes out of Florida State, the forward. He's kind of a small power forward, kind of Patrick Williams mix, maybe a little bit better Jay. The seventh uh, guy would be Moses uh, Moody out of Arkansas, the shooting guard. He's been lighting it up, lighting it up. That dude can shoot it, bro. He can get it. If you haven't caught an uh, Arkansas game yet, yet, go do yourself a favor. Go check that out because that dude can, can get it. And he can get hot and stay hot and, like, score, like, 14 of your team's 16. So, look out for that cat. Um, the eighth guy is Keon Johnson, the shooting guard out of Tennessee. Um, I haven't caught a lot of him yet, so we've got to do some digging. Um, nine is Zaire Williams, out of uh, the small forward out of Stanford. He's doing it. He's doing it big. He's, he's doing everything. He fills up the stat sheet. Okay. Um, the next guy is Brandon Boston Jr., the shooting guard out of Kentucky. Um, I, 
I want to see Brandon shoot it. I think he's been real tentative. You know, I think the, that's the one thing with Kentucky is they need like 12 to 13 games to figure it out. And then they know who their one, two, and three is. And then everybody kind of falls into their role. So Wildcat fans, don't don't panic. Everything is good. John Calipari got you. You're still straight. All right. Number 11 is uh, Jalen Johnson out of Duke. Now, I saw him early. Um, maybe Coach T might have to call him and ask him about Jalen Johnson. But um, I caught his game early. And he looked super impressive. Now, I haven't seen him lately. I haven't seen if he's tailed off or whatever. But he just looks like an NBA player. He looks like he's ready to go. Then the 12th guy is Usman Garuba, a center out of Real Madrid. So here's your, your Euro guy, right? So haven't seen him at all. We're going to have to definitely go to Mike Schmitz or uh, Gavoni of ESPN and get some stuff on this cat, all right? I'm not going to even try to tell you that I know about this dude. All right. The 13th guy is Kai Jones, the power forward center out of Texas. Um, you know, when I watched their games, Greg Brown is the one who jumped out to me. Uh, Kai Jones might be doing his thing, but the couple games that I caught of Texas, it was uh, Greg Brown that was jumping out. It wasn't Kai Jones. So I might have to just get, you know, delve into the tape and see what Kai Jones is doing down there and why he's translating to the NBA. And then the 14th guy on this list is really doing it big, man. Catch a UConn game, okay? This is the um, combo guard, James uh, Boatnight. Uh, this dude, I don't, yo, UConn does this like every, it used to be every year, but they're getting back to it. They always get that guy that, man, he can take over a team. He can take over a game. It's just and he got a handle, and it's, there's nothing you can do with him. He's so nice on so many levels because he got the flow game. He got the crossover. He got the step back three. This dude is super nice, man. Um, so if you haven't caught his act, catch a UConn game and see what uh, James Bow Knight is doing because it is super special. All right. The reason why I brought this up, the reason why I actually did this and what I wanted to bring to light is this. Coach T and I had a discussion about was it good for the kids to not get the college exposure and just go straight to the G League? And he said, yeah, oh, that's going to be great. You know, they're going to get opportunity. You know, uh, the scouts will be able to really evaluate them and all of this. Okay, and I had my doubts. I was like, well, man, what happened if they get really, really, really exposed? Where in college, sometimes you can, you know, if you don't have a plus defender, you know, what happens is, is that, you know, a, a good college coach will sit there and, um, you know, he'll hide you, you know, he'll hide you. So maybe that deficiency doesn't come out. And then we find out, oh, man, he, he can't guard, you know, in the pros. For a while, you know, he has to find his new groove in the NBA. But, you know, 
a lot of these guys took this jump. I want to say there's like seven guys that could have went to college and didn't. Um, now, Jalen Green and uh, Jonathan uh, Kaminga. I mean, Jalen Green, uh, he's been everywhere. He's all over social media. Um, the G League is really propping him up as a, you know, a star. Um, so check out uh, the NBA G League on IG because they give you some uh, some film on the guys coming up. So it's real cool. I like it. I follow them. Um, so they're been a blessing to me when it comes to that because I definitely want to see as much G League action as I possibly can get, especially with the G League elite team. So, the one thing that you do see here, though, is that of the G League, the G League, uh, the G League leaders, there's only two in the lottery right now. Now, I know it's early, and I know the guys haven't played yet because they're going down to the Disney bubble January 18th, which is great, and then, you know, the league starts and all that, but... I just find it fascinating that there's only two. The exposure of college basketball, so keep in mind, they've been playing since November. Through the pandemic, through the protocol, through vaccine that's about to happen, all this stuff. But college basketball has been on TV since middle of November. So you can catch a Gonzaga game. You can catch a Duke game. You can catch a UCLA game. Coach T, I know. We can catch a Tar Heel game. You can catch your uh, Big Ten uh, rivalry game, you know, Indiana versus uh, Michigan or Iowa versus Wisconsin, okay? So you, you got these games going, you know, in full bore. Um, and I just see here that the so far the jump to the G League hasn't produced a lot of fruit. It's not like I'm saying, oh, this is a bad idea. I like the college game. I like the the unpredictability of some of the kids going into like a a crazy arena. I know that's not the case this year because of the pandemic. But I like the idea of the kids going to a place and kind of having a little freedom to grow up a little bit, right? When you go to the G League, you're learning pro concepts right off the bat. Boom, let's go. This is what we're doing. Okay, here's the regimen. Here's what you're going to put up 500 shots in this corner, you know, today. Um, we're going to work on some lateral quickness drills and, and what have you. And I'm not saying that college programs do not do that either. I'm just saying that in college, you, the one thing about the, when you get to the NBA is you got to get in where you fit in, right? Unless you're one of the elite, 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 elite guys, right? So, you know, if you're a 6'5 or 6, let's say you're a 6'7 guy and you got decent handle, but not great handle. But you defend, you get up in it, and let's say your three is pretty decent. Yeah, like you shoot thirty-five percent. Okay, well you're a three D guy. We're gonna stick you in this corner, and we're gonna okay, you do that, and then every once in a while you 
you know, you get the ball on the break and, you know, you do your thing or whatever. But for the most part, you're going to be the 3 and D guy, right? So does it does the college experience allow them more freedom and actually can bring more nuance to their game in that year or two years that they stay? This is just a question. I'm not shooting down the G League. I'm super excited about it. I want to see it. But I'm just saying that early on, Jonathan Wasserman's big board does not indicate that the G League guys are going to dominate, you know, the lottery at this point. It is super early, and we understand that this is fluid, and what the big board looks like right now won't be the big board in June. I get all that. I understand. I'm just saying early returns are that the kids that are going to college are getting propped up a little bit more. And the G League guys haven't been able to start. And they're only going to play like 12 to 15 games. And then if they go to the playoffs, maybe another, you know, another seven or whatever the case may be. So with that being said, I throw the question out to you. You know where to hit me at. Okay, we'll give it again on Facebook and on Instagram. It's Question Point Pod Network. On Twitter, it's QPP Network. Okay, so hit me up on either of those and tell me what you think, what's better for these kids and what's better for our game. Okay, I took a couple weeks off the Harden deal. I said we we weren't going to talk about this until something was breaking. I do believe that it's starting to percolate at this point. We don't have any inside information. If we do, uh, we'll bring it to you quick and fast. We'll do an emergency pod. But I wanted to talk about a couple things that I heard. I want to talk about a couple things that I thought about and just kind of let you know what I'm thinking. And hopefully this sparks discussion amongst the QP Nation. All right. So Harden is still playing for Houston, still putting up his usual uh, game as far as that's concerned. Um and, you know, the teams that are swirling around him, you know, it changes every three days. Well, you know, Philly has the best package. The Raptors are in. Miami doesn't want anything to do with them. Uh, Boston doesn't want to give up Jalen Brown or Tatum to make that deal go through. Um, and then Milwaukee doesn't have the pieces. And then Portland doesn't want to bring up, break up Dame and CJ. And then Golden State says it's it's not a, a philosophy fit. And then Denver is kind of like, oh, James Harden is being traded? Oh, okay. You know, what I did 
is I kind of talk this through myself with myself. Okay, so the first thing I did is this. We're going to talk about a couple trades that are outside the box, and I'll give you the reasons why these teams should trade for him. And then we're going to talk about the team that should trade for him, but it's the biggest risk, okay? And we've probably talked about this at nauseum already, so they'll be the they'll be the first team that we talk about, all right? So Denver, who is struggling right now, I mean, Jokic is still doing his thing. He just looks incredible. Jamal Murray early was struggling. He's starting to pick it up now. Gary Harris, I have no idea what happened to this guy, but his three-point shooting is is getting Kelly Oubre-esque. Shouts out to the Valley Boys. Shouts out to Phoenix, D-Book, Chris Paul doing their thing. Shouts out to y'all. But Kelly Oubre needs to get in the gym and work on his three-point shot. But Gary Harris is just not doing it. Um, Paul Millsap is another year older. He's still going to give you energy. He's still going to give you effort. But he might not be as quick as he was a couple years ago. Are they really missing Jeremy Grant that much? Um, I heard somebody the other day say, you know what? They are. You know, they are. You can argue whether Jeremy Grant is this defensive stopper or whatever the case may be, but what we can't deny is that they're different this year. And other people are stepping into roles that are not they're not accustomed to. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., um, which my thing with this is, is that if I'm Denver, and this is where we're about to get into this, you have really two ways of going, okay? You got the, yo, we're in. We were in the Western Conference Finals last year. We're in. Listen, Michael Porter Jr., Gary Harris, whatever else, and some picks. Give us James Harden and see if you can get, like, P.J. Tucker back in that deal as well, okay? That's the one way to do it, all right? You can, you can change up everything. With that trade. Or. You can go. The development way. But you're going to have some. Rough nights. Because. You got Jamal Murray. Who's trying to establish himself. As an all star. Perennially. Okay. And Michael Porter Jr. Is not having it. Okay. He's on COVID protocol right now. I think he's just about to come off, but that guy said, uh, I don't know about y'all, but I got to get buckets. Um, what you do in the offense is great, but I'm 6'10", 6'11", and I'm, you know, Vince from QP Sports Exchange called me KD Light. I'm going to get in my bag, and I'm going to get, I'm going to drop 24." That's what I'm going to do, okay? So, Michael Porter Jr. might not be the greatest defensively, but you got to go through the warts to get to the other side with that kid, 
you know, maybe you take a step back, mile high basketball. Maybe you, you know, maybe you don't make the Western Conference Finals. Maybe you get out of the first round and you scare somebody to death in the second round. I don't know. But if you're going to commit to Michael Porter Jr., just like Charlotte is starting to commit to LaMelo Ball, and we'll talk about that a little bit later in the rookie watch. But if you're committing to Porter Jr., you got to commit. You got to allow Jamal and Jokic and Porter Jr. to figure it out. And now you've organically grown your big three. So that's the deal. It's what it's those two choices. It's either in or out. But I do want to leave you with this. All right. Here's the thing. All right. Here's what you get when you get hardened. So when you get hardened, it's not just the strip clubs, okay? As a top seven guy in the league, you have to turn the keys over to Harden, which is tough when you have a cult, you crafted a culture, okay? You have an identity with your team. It's really hard to give up, but he is a walking bucket. That dude is 33, and he doesn't have to break a sweat to get it. The beard is nice when he gets into his back, okay? Now, if Harden went to the Nuggets, um, it would stymie the development of Jamal Murray, okay? Here's the thing. This is if you believe that Jamal Murray is Devin Booker, okay? If you believe that there is Devin Booker in Jamal Murray, then do you do that deal? But if you get Harden, you never find out, okay? Now, here's the other thing. Um, I'm trying to envision... The Mike Malone, James Harden, coach, player, superstar player dynamic. You know, I don't know if that relationship will be combustible. But here's how I believe one of the conversations would go. Okay, so Mike Malone hits James Harden on FaceTime. Hey, James. Would you like to join us for some film study? Harden. Nah. Just shoot it to me on my iPad and I'll give it a look in a few. What? Malone says. Where are you? It's dark there. Harden. Vegas. It's so close to Denver, coach. I didn't realize that. Hey. I'm getting rude right now. I'm at a guest in a champagne room and Cinnamon and her friend Ashley are bored. So I got to talk to you later, coach. Click. I'm alone. James? James? Yo, that's a interaction between James Harden and Mike Malone, coach of the Denver Nuggets. Yo, could you imagine that? Could you imagine that act playing out? Because Harden is notorious for, after All-Star, taking a couple extra days, you know, to recharge the batteries, go down to Vegas, right? That's what everybody does. That's what every NBA superstar does. Hey, 
you know, I, we play an 82-game season. All-star break is real hectic. You know, you got sponsors you got to deal with, interviews. You know, I need a place where I can just let my hair down and just be me. Just be the beard. Just get after it. You know where I'm going to go to get that R&R to recharge my batteries? I'm going to go to Vegas. I'm going to hang out with strippers. Hey, you know what? Whatever floats your boat. I mean, I'm not here to judge. It is what it is. That's your top seven dude. And that's what you would do if you turned the keys over to him, Denver. Now, for teams who are struggling with their identity, I have some outside-the-box trades that I want to get to right now. So I'm going to premise this by saying that I work super hard on these. Um... And I'm going to give you reasons why these trades should happen. Okay, the first trade would be Harden goes to Orlando and P.J. Tucker would go with him. Houston would get back from Orlando forward Aaron Gordon, guard forward Terrence Ferguson, and guard forward... Fournier, who's a good outside shooter. And they get picks. Okay? So let's talk about this first trade. So Orlando gets Harden and P.J. Tucker. Okay? They got they got three years, basically. They got two plus an option. Okay? So depending on how James ages all that, you know, he might just go ahead and take that third year. Or he might opt out after that second one. But you got two years, basically. So you got pretty much all this year. And then next year. So if you're Orlando and you just had the injury to Markel Fultz, all right? So speedy recovery to you, yeah, hey, Fultz, that was devastating. And I hate to see it for a guy who really has worked super hard to get back to where he was and look like he was starting to show what he was coming out of Washington. So uh, prayers go out to Markel Fultz. And we just hope that dude gets back on the court and he will, he just picks up where he left off. But if you're Orlando, you think about it and you you have, now not this year, but you got Jonathan Isaac, you got James Harden, and you got Vucevic, okay? Plus you still have some stuff. You still got Cole Anthony, you know, I didn't put him in this deal. So you got some guys, right? Okay. If you're if you're Houston, you're banking on Aaron Gordon hitting, basically unlocking him, and you're hoping that Orlando just kind of muddles around, you know, the James Harden experiment doesn't work and the picks become more valuable, right? Because you're gonna get pro you're gonna get three back. First rounders because Aaron Gordon is not gonna move the needle completely in Houston. You know, it's a good package, it's not a great package, but if you're sitting there in your Orlando, here's the deal. Free agents aren't coming there. You gotta do this deal. Anytime there's a star out there and you're a team 
like Orlando. We talked about it. OKC is on a different timeline, so they're not they're not in this deal. But if you're Indiana or Orlando, you know, if Charlotte was, you know, two more years down the road with LaMelo, you know, maybe you look at that. But if you're a team and you're not in Miami, New York, L.A., you can go ahead and put the Bay Area in there as well. It's going to be hard to get dudes to come. So you got to do these trades. Hell, Danny Ainge has done it. That's what he did. He made trades. You know, he got Kevin Garnett. He got Ray Allen. For you young kids, that's like that's uh, 2007, 2008, 2009, somewhere in there. YouTube it. That's your YouTube clip of the week. Sponsored by YouTube TV. With your boy, Vince, loves. Loves it dearly. It's great. If you're Orlando, you got to do this deal because this is a chance for you to become relevant and this is a chance for you to get into the playoffs and do some damage. You know, you're going to have still some pieces still around uh, Harden when he goes down there. And Vucevic would be a good piece for him to be with. You know, he could still do his dancing. He could still do all the dribbling. But he got a guy who can step out and hit the three. You know, he doesn't have to clog the lane. So... This is a good situation for Harden and the Eastern Conference is not just, you know, this murderer's row. I mean, if you get in, if you've got talent like James, this might be a good deal. The second trade that I had was the city of Chicago, Chi-Town. I'm looking out for you. Check this out. So... Zach Levine, Wendell Carter, and uh, Thomas Stradowski goes to Houston for Harden. All right. So, in that deal, right, you are looking at a situation where you still get keep Kobe White. There's still a piece there. Lori Marketing is somebody that Chicago loves. They still got Otto Porter Jr., they still got Hutchinson. They still got um, Valentine. So they still got pieces there. So it's not, the cupboard is not empty. And you just added 30 points a game in James Harden. And it's going to be super efficient. And he's going to be engaged. Because Billy Donovan is there. And I think that they would work well together. Personally, so for Hart for Houston, you get Levine, young player, and you get to find out if Wendell Carter is good or not. Okay, and then you get a shooter, and then you get picks, right? So it's a little bit better offer. So maybe they give them two first rounders and a couple pick swaps. Okay, so for Houston, you get a guy who's gonna be. I mean, you can literally plug Levine in and say, you do what James Harden do, but you do what how you do it. Okay? That's the first and foremost thing you can do with Levine. So as far as points, as far as entertainment, as far as, you know, magic stuff coming out of Levine, he would have the keys to the kingdom, and there you go. But you, the intriguing part is Wendell Carter. Getting Wendell Carter out of Chicago 
because I think the it's kind of like the same things with Indi- with Indiana, right? You got Sabonis and you got Miles Turner. Miles Turner would do well to leave uh, Indiana and go somewhere else, right? And it'd be the same thing for Wendell Carter. You see that Chicago has put the writing on the walls. Really what they want to do is they want to go with something like, you know, I see, I envision a day where it's marketing Patrick Williams, um, either Hutchinson, Valentine, or Otto Porter Jr., Kobe White, and if you keep Levine, Levine, or if you trade, get for Harden, you got Harden. So you got Harden and White in the backcourt. That's pretty special right there. And then you got some studs up front who can play some defense, move the ball, do three and D things, you know, attack the rim, rim running, you know, and then marketing doesn't clog up the lane because he can shoot from the outside. So those are my two trades. Listen, Chicago, hit me up on Twitter, QPP Network. Houston, hit me up. At on Twitter, QPP Network, uh, Orlando, the Magic fans, Magic Nation. You guys can hit me up on Twitter as well at QPP Network, and on my Instagram, it's just Question Point Pod Network and Facebook as well. So those are the trades that I was thinking about. These are the type of things I was thinking about getting outside the box. You know, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Hit me up, please, so we can go ahead and talk about it. This is an interactive podcast, folks, so I need your energy. get to some news and notes right now and there's a couple that i want to get to uh, atl this is for you so trey young and john collins got into it about the offensive flow or lack thereof collins goes off on trey talking about uh, playing ball you're playing ball like you're playing in the playground um so there's a little offensive philosophy issues in the ATL. All right. Well, two things. One, John Collins needs Trey Young to get him the ball. Okay. So they got to get that figured out. So whatever the offensive flow issues are, you know, I hear, I hear it. You know, Trey dribbles the ball too much. You know, I get it. But you know what? When your shooters aren't shooting and they're tentative, you know, sometimes you just got to get in your bag, and that's what Trey does. But for John Collins, listen, he's a good player. I think he uh, is really good. I think he'd be a really good piece on a lot of teams. And I'm not saying that he's not good on on Atlanta. But the one thing that I want to kind of give John Collins is a little advice. One, you're not KD. Okay, you're not the easy money sniper. 
you don't have the handle of KD. So you can't get your shot. You're not even Anthony Davis, who was six foot one, like in the middle of high school and grew to six eleven and still has handle enough to get his shot wherever he needs to get it. Okay? You are a guy who needs to get put into the right situation to be effective, rim run, cuts to the basket, you know, open J, that sort of thing, okay? You need the offensive that needs to flow, okay? Now, here's the thing. I don't disagree with John Collins. I don't disagree with him. I think he's right. I think the offense needs to flow better, I think, in... Uh, to be as successful as I think Trey Young wants to be because I honestly believe that he has the passion and the tenacity to be great. He wants to be special. I get it. But for them to do what they really need to do, they got to develop one of the wings. They have to get out of DeAndre Hunter or Kevin Herter or Cam Reddish you really would love for two of those guys to pop, right? You would love a situation where Reddish is two guard, DeAndre Hunter is the three. Um, they're switching, you know, onto bigger dudes because they're six seven, six eight, respectively, with crazy uh, wingspans. You know, you would love for, you know, two of those guys to hit. You know, one would be fantastic as well. You got to have one though. And you got to develop them. So somebody has to curtail the offense. And the only one who has the ball in his hands. And the only one who can dictate that is Trey Young. So Trey Young has to figure out a way to get these guys to feel like, hey, I belong here. And, you know, I can be like a two or three time all-star and provide 18 points consistently game in, game out without too much fluctuation, you know, you know, low as I go is like 14, but you know, there might be nights where I go for 30 cause I'm just that nice and I'm hot. That's my thing with the ATL and Trey young, you know, they got to get it together, but I really like what they're doing down there. And I like the, the second opportunity for Reddish and Hunter and Herter to establish themselves as the 3 and D wing that they need, okay? So that's one little news item that we're going to talk about. The second one that we're going to talk about is the Washington Wizards. I know, everybody's so, they're like, wow, Vince is really not talking about the Lakers today. You're right. This is an inclusivity podcast. So the Wizards, yo, Thomas Bryant going down with the ACL, not good, okay, really not good. And Bradley Bill is combining in two games for 100 points, and he loops both games. All right, so news is coming out of the district, not just on the crazy stuff that's going on. I'm not going to even get into that, but news is coming out the district. That uh, Riley Bill, the shooting guard, the all-star, who have a real, real nice game, is absolutely 
out of his mind right now. And it looks like the situation is starting to boil over. Now, see, here's the cool thing about Bradley Bill. This is what I love about him. This is why I think he's a pro's pro. He's letting his inner circle talk for him. Okay? Bradley Bill's girl is on Twitter talking about, yo, this is not working. My, my man is being wasted. My man, who I love, who I support, is coming home frustrated because he's putting in serious work, dropping 60 on people and losing. Then the next night out, he drops 40 and they still lose. What's up in Washington? What's up with the Wizards? Why cannot my man get some help? Bill's love interest, his, I don't know what their actual relationship is. So I don't know, married, not married, but we'll just say his boo. His boo gets on Twitter and just says, yo, yo, if there's some, is there some kind of trade y'all need to make to make this team nice for my boy to get into the playoffs? Let's do that. Or, yo, my man's going to need a trade. My man is going to need to get up out of here. And I was listening to the real ones on the Ringer Podcast Network. Shouts out to uh, Logan Murdoch and shouts out to Rajah Bell. They do serious work on that podcast. I love listening to it. I get good information. Rajah gives you the player aspect. And it's real. And he's just like he was when he was a player. Rugged, real, and raw. I'm going to try to get that dude on the pod. Because I think that would be just a good conversation. Because I'm a Kobe dude. We could talk about some of the Kobe stuff. You know what I'm saying? I love that dude. You know what I'm saying? I like Rajah Bell because he was that type of guy that just got it done. You know he was going to D somebody up. He wasn't going to take any crap for anybody. Excuse my language. But that dude right there is now giving it to us raw on the podcast now. So check out the real ones on the Rigger Podcast Network. That's my podcast of the week right there. But they were talking about. You know, when it gets like this and when your inner circle is starting to talk, that's coming from the player. Okay? Roger Bell said, listen, if his inner circle is talking, that's coming from Bradley Bill. Okay? Now, he'll deny it because he can, because he can say, I didn't say it. I wasn't the one who said that. Where are you getting this from? Okay? He can plausible deniability all day long on that situation okay but if the inner circle is talking that means that that guy is disgruntled and he wants out and i don't blame him i do not and listen washington is not your fault listen chocolate city district i love y'all listen we talked about ron rivera and football friday you know i got a lot of love for you guys in the district But here's the thing. Your timeline might be off, players. Okay? Listen, you got Denny Abdia. You got uh, uh, Rui Achimura. You know? You got some young pieces. 
And if you traded Bradley to, let's say, Denver. Now, see, I'm going to tell you right now. That's where Denver should go. If you were going to give up Michael Porter Jr., that's who you trade for is Bill. You know what I'm saying? You put Bill with Jamal Murray and Jokic. You know, now you're looking at a situation where it's like, oh, yeah, we real competitive. And, yo, we're not scared of the Lakers. You know, that's the type of deal that I would look for in a team like that. I'm trying to think of other teams that are, like, on that cusp. And they got the pieces. They got the kind of pieces that maybe Washington won't want back. Because what you want to do is you want to line up your timeline with the the young guys and see if one of them develops. But if you have Michael Porter Jr. Okay, so if you have Michael Porter Jr. on Washington, you team him up with Denny Avdia and Rory Achimura. Okay? They're all on the same timeline. They're all young. They're all early, early, early 20s. Denny Avdia is not even 20 yet. Okay? And now you see who turns out to be the guy. Michael Porter Jr. It would be my bet that he would be the guy. Okay? <clears throat> but that would be the piece that you would want in a trade for Bradley Bill. You want to make sure that, okay, we're, we're tearing it down a little bit. But we got hope on the horizon. These three guys are the building blocks of what we're going to do. And then we're going to build stuff around them. Because if you think about it, if those are your, if those are part of your three-fifths of your starting five, right? And you could play all those guys together. Rory Achimura plays the four. Porter Jr. plays the three. Avdia plays the two. Okay. Um, because he's slighted build right now, so he can play a two. And then you throw Gary, you, you know, you got Russell Westbrook there. Now you got, so you got shooters around Russ. Maybe your center situation is just jacked up this year because Thomas Bryan is out. You know, it is what it is. But you got the building blocks of your next team. Of the team that two years from now is going to, you know, scare a top seed you know they might be a six seed where you know they'll scare a three seed or they beat a three seed and then scare the bejesus out of uh you know a semifinals uh contender so that might be something to look at for washington i would do bill in denver before i would do harden in denver okay but when it comes to Washington and starting over, that's the type of team that you're looking for. You know, you, I mean, you going to get C.J. McCollum from Portland basically is the same exact thing. Actually, it's probably a little bit worse because I think C.J. is 29. So you've actually sped up your clock a little bit more. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if C.J. has more you know, more levels to get to. I think what CJ is now, and which is a great player, right? He's good. We really like what CJ brings to the table. He'll go off one night for 40, you know, and all that. He's just not fantastic defensively. And because of Dame Lillard and him, they're a smaller backcourt. So 
they're going to give you problems in the in the season. They will scare you to death in the playoffs. But at the end of the day, I think their shelf, their situation is if everybody's hitting, um, you're getting defensive commitment from CJ and James, and then the rest of the dudes are plus defenders. You're looking at a situation where their zenith is maybe a Western Conference final, right? Now, <clears throat> I don't necessarily think that Bradley Bill helps them, and obviously it doesn't help what Washington wants to do because it doesn't match the timeline of the younger guys already. So that's why that doesn't fit well to me. Now, uh, I know one team that, and I know one fan base that believes that Bradley Bill does fit with them, and I see you, Warriors fan. I see you, Dub Nation. I see you, Oaktown. Working. I see you. Okay? Here's the thing. I don't know if you have the pieces to give to Washington that they would want unless you want to give up Wiseman. And, by the way, Golden State does not want to give up James Wiseman. I know. Trust. Your boy got inside information on that. I talked to somebody. They love that kid. They love his athleticism. They think in three years, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be Jan- it's gonna be David Robinson esque, but maybe with a Kevin Garnett eighteen footer, maybe extend out to three point land, and it's gonna be consistent. So that's what they're looking at. Can you imagine? A young admiral with Steph. So that trade is not going to happen for Washington. So the build thing doesn't work for Golden State. So Warrior fan, no. You're envisioning Kelly Oubre Jr. and Wiggins to Washington for Bradley Bill. You can, uh uh-uh. That's not happening. Don't even think about it. Now a team that might be able to do it. Um, I just don't think they have the pieces to do it. Like, team like Utah, that would be a come-up team that he could go to. Um, like I said with in the Harden deal, when you have a star that is out there and available, you got to do everything you can to get him. And I'm going to tell you a guy who d- just does it, Pat Riley. Pat Riley has said on the record he doesn't want James Harden. They're, they're out. On the James Harden deal. I don't believe that for a second. I do not believe that. So Pat can continue to tell us that. But. I think he would be more interested in Bill. And I think he would give up Hero. And I think he would give up Duncan Robinson. And I think he'd give up a boatload of picks. So if you thought about that. If you had Tyler Hero. Duncan Robinson. Denny Abdia. Rui. Achimura, I mean, you, there you go. Washington, there's your building, and you got picks, okay? They're not going to be great because Bill, Butler, and Adebayo would be sick together, and that would be the best team in the East. I don't, You know what, Milwaukee, I love you. If they had Bill in Miami, you'd be in trouble because they would have three tiers of scoring. 
they have outside, they have mid-range, they have inside. And that'd be super difficult to stop because you wouldn't know who to double. And also, the good thing is you would take pressure off Butler to score so he can turn into that, like, 16 to 18 guy, 8 to 9 rebounds, and 7 assist guy. And, like, steals and whatever because he focused on defense and all that. So, I mean, you talking about pecking order and culture and whatever, there's your trade. Bill to Miami for the kids. Hero and Duncan Robinson. No Washington, no district. You're not getting Bam out of body. So we're going to get into the Rookie Watch right now. The Rookie Watch is brought to you by Captivate.fm. You say, Vince, what's Captivate.fm? Yo, this is how you get the pod. That's my podcast platform. So what makes Captivate so cool? First of all, they grow with you. So when you start off as a organic pod like this one and you're sitting there and you're going like I don't know how many people I'm going to reach no problem they got a package for you if you have aspirations of taking over the world you have aspirations of becoming a podcast network like myself who's going after the ringer and going after Smarco then you got packages for that the great thing is, is that it's easy to upload your podcast. They go ahead and they promote it. There's workshops where you can get tips and tools of the trade to make your podcast better. They give you outlets for marketing. They give you outlets for getting your podcast monetized. Captivate does it all. So, take it from me. Your boy Vince, QP Sports Exchange, and the Question Point Pod Network.com. Listen, Captivate is dope. Captivate.fm. Now, Rookie Watch. Real simple. A lot of names that you've heard before. So, the top five. I gave you the formula of what I used. Uh, go to the previous Weeball Monday and find that. But I use a place called hashtag basketball.com. They got some stats in there. And this is what I use for my top five rookie watch of the week. So how it goes is this. All right. Halliburton in Sacramento is still doing his thing. He's number one on the list. This is due to their stats and stuff like this. This is not who I think the number one rookie is. But statistically wise, how they rank it and the thing, the formula that I use, his point situation total is higher than Lomelo's. But we'll get to that in a second. So Halliburton is number one on this list. 
Okay. He is doing it real big in Sacramento. All right. He's averaging 12.1 points a game. He's still averaging a tick under 29 minutes a game. He's shooting a phenomenal 52.3% from the field in total. He's shooting 88.5% from the free throw line. Coach T loves that. He's shooting 50% from three. I don't know if this is, I don't think this is, you know, something that he can do over, you know, a 72-game season, but it still looks nice right now. He's averaging 1.4 steals. And he's getting uh, 2.6 rebounds a game. And then his assist to turnover is still a plus 5.5 to 1. So, Halliburton is doing it real, real big. Okay? The next guy on the list is our pick to win Rookie of the Year in the NBA. And that is LaMelo Ball. He got in his bag last week. First of all, his brother on Brother Crime was brilliant. I don't know if anybody saw that, but YouTube it. Brother on Brother Crime was so crazy. He shook Lonzo, then stepped back and hit like a 26-footer in Lonzo's face. That was so cold. It's going to be real awkward at the dinner table, you know. Like when they break bread, you know, when they go on holiday together, like in, in in the off season. But yeah, it was so nasty. And then my man fuck uh he uh followed that up with a triple double, you know, 22, 12, and eleven. So LaMelo is really getting after it. I don't know how long Charlotte can keep him on the bench. You know, I like Devontae Graham. I do, but I really want to see a backcourt of Terry Rozier and LaMelo Ball. I just, I want to see it. I don't know why. I just want to see that. Now, the third guy on our list is James Wiseman. James Wiseman out of Golden State, the center. He's averaging 10. Oh, we didn't give you the stats for LaMelo. First of all, let's not, let's listen. We got to highlight our dude. Okay, let's get back to LaMelo. So, LaMelo is averaging 13.1 points a game. He's averaging 25 minutes a game. He's shooting 44% from field goal, from um, just the field in total. He's shooting 72% from the free throw line. He's shooting 37% from three. He's averaging 1.5 steals a game, so he's getting after it defensively. And he's averaging 6.4 rebounds. But here's the here's the crazy part of that. He's averaging 4.4 offensive rebounds a game. Not bad from your point guard. Backup point guard, by the way. And his assisted uh Turnover ratio is still very good. It's 2.8 to 1. So he's doing it. He's doing it real big. I'm so impressed with him. He's 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 further along than I thought he was. He really is. You're still going to have the erratic pass. You're still going to have the games where he does he stinks it up when he shoots. But he's a lot 
further along than I thought he was. And this is what I thought I was going to get with Lonzo when he was a Laker. So this is the, the, the guy that I thought the Lakers were going to get. So we were just off by one. We were off by a brother. So <clears throat> there goes that. Now back to James Wiseman in Golden State. The seven-footer is averaging a tick under 11 points a game. He's averaging 20.3 minutes a game. He's shooting 48.4. I like to see that go up a little bit because he's a big man, so rim run and stuff like that. But he's, he's shooting a lot of threes, so, you know, there's there goes that. Um, he's shooting 60% from, free throw, from the free throw line, but he's, only, he's shooting 40% from three. I mean, it's a small sample size, obviously, but, you know, he's getting it done. I mean, if you have to respect his three game, I mean, that just open up the lane for people. So, if Wiggins can just hold on, the lane will be open for him, and he can do what he's really good at. Now, he is averaging a block and a half a game. And his turn, his sister turnover ratio is a negative 0.2. So, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty what you would think from a young big man. You know, you know, passing might not be right, right there. He's a little rambunctious with the basketball a little bit. So these are the growing pains with him. But like I told you earlier in the pod, there's some people out there. They just, they love him. They love him. So, um, I hear nothing but positive things about him. And also, he's he's real good with coaching. Like, he's super good with coaching. Penny Hardaway talked about it, and it looks like the staff at Golden State are seeing that as well. The fourth guy on our list is also somebody that we spotlighted before the draft, and I'm glad that he's getting some run, and it's not Desmond Bain. All right? Desmond Bain is getting in his bag. Don't get me wrong, but the fourth guy on this list is, is Peyton Pritchard, the rookie guard, playing for the Boston Celtics. First of all, he hit a game winner. That's awesome. Shouts out to Peyton Pritchard for doing his thing. All right. So he's averaging 8.6 a game in points. He's averaging a little under 23 minutes. He's shooting the ball incredibly well. This is why he's getting more burn. Okay, he's shooting 51.6 from the field total. He's shooting 90% from free throw from the free throw line, and he's shooting 42.3 from three. Okay, he's averaging 1.3 steals a game, and he's averaging 2.4 rebounds, and his assist to turnover ratio is a plus 1.6. So this dude with limited time is getting it done. And the Celtics need him. The Celtics need him to, to give them close to 10 points a game. They don't have a lot of guys that can create their own shot. And if he can do what he did in Oregon, he will be an offensive boost for them because the only two guys they have on that team that can get their own shot is Tatum and Jalen Brown. And everybody else, um, no. It is a no. It is pretty much spot up and shoot. And, yeah, we'll get you the ball when we can't. And the last guy on our rookie watch is our favorite Israelite, our favorite Middle East guy, Denny Abdia. He's averaging 7.1 points a game. 
for 23 minutes. He's shooting 44.6%. He's only shooting 62% from free throw. Um, he's shooting 45.7% from three. So you can see where a lot of his uh, a lot of his attempts are. He's averaging 1.1 steals a game, and he's averaging four rebounds a game. And his assist, his assist to turnover ratio is 4.6. So this dude is kind of light. So when you put him in a three situation, when he's playing a small forward, okay, he's a little light. So he's gonna get he's gonna get pushed around a little bit when it comes to that. He's just gotta get stronger. That's gonna happen over the next couple years of him just kind of growing up and getting in the in the weight room and whatever the case may be. But that's coming. So don't worry about it. The thing that you got to understand is that he's willing to play defense. You know, he's willing to stick his nose in there and he's willing to take charges and he's athletic. Like he's not just this guy who's, oh, okay, I'm just going to stand here and take a charge. No, no. If you go up, he'll try to go up with you. So Denny Abda is getting after it in Washington his team is just dysfunctional right now, and there it is. All right, this podcast is going a little bit long, but we are closing it up right now. So what I want to say is, again, thank you, listeners. Thank you for tuning in. Tell your friends to tap in. Tell them to download the podcast, QP Sports Exchange, twice a week. B-Ball Mondays, and then Football Fridays, okay? Remember on the social media, all right? So IG and Facebook, it's the same thing. Twitter is a little bit different, so I'll give it to you. IG and Facebook, it's just real easy. Question, point, pod, network for both, okay? Question, point, pod, network, okay? IG and Facebook. On Twitter, a little bit different. It's QPP Network. So we just shortened question point pod and then network. All right. Doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what's going on there, but that's what we had to do because Twitter wouldn't let us do the whole thing. Too many characters. It's a whole deal, but that's okay. We are just wanting to engage with you. So hit me up on Facebook. Instagram or Twitter. Keep in mind that Instagram and Facebook are the same. Question Point Pod Network, and on I and on Twitter it is QPP Network. All right. Now I'm signing off. So that just lets you know two things: one, be good to one another. You know, be grateful for what you got. We gonna get through this thing together. You know. I know there's a lot of stuff going on in the country. We're going to get through this stuff together. Just keep on listening to questionpointpodnetwork.com. There is a new Question Point Pod, I think, going up this week sometime. I think we just got to get the schedule together. Um, I'm going to write an article um, later today. Uh, That should go up and be up by tomorrow. Uh, I hope you guys like it. And... That's pretty much it. So, listen, be good to one another. Um, If you can help out your fellow man, you know, if you got it. uh, There's a lot of people out there struggling. Um, 
And the other thing that I want to say is that, you know, it's a tough time with the with the virus and, and what's going on in the country. If you're struggling with mental illness, uh, seek help. Uh, get Talk to somebody. You know, if you're a person of faith, talk to, you know, your, you know, your pastor or your clergyman or, or whoever. If you are not a person of faith, just reach out, get some help. Um, there are a lot of people probably struggling and just not knowing what's going on and they get confused. So mental illness and mental health is a big situation. It's something real close and personal to me. Um, listen to the archive pods and find out. I think I mentioned it on uh, Football Friday. Um, so take care of yourself and then take care of somebody else. All right. I'm out. Peace. Peace.